This, 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 this is mythical. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. With Matthew I'm McConaughey Rhett. sometimes. Oh no, you're not Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, we don't have him here for that part. And I'm Link. This week at the Round Table of Dim Lighting, we are talking to Matthew McConaughey. Expanding it is, the circle. It is not an interview. It's a, we wanted it to be a conversation. We wanted it to be an extension of what Ear Biscuits has become, even though it is exceptional that we decided to do an interview. And we didn't do it just because, well, he's so famous, we gotta talk to him. It was that, and I mean, it was, it was more than that. It was it was personal for us, honestly. Uh, and we're not about to make ear biscuits uh, anything other than what it is, right? Uh, for the for the most part, I mean, I, we kind of broke the seal on okay, we can bring in a guest sometimes. But the reason that we decided to do this is it goes back to, I guess it was beginning of 2020 is when we were actually we were given Matthew's book Green Lights. Uh, which is something that happens pretty often, right? Celebrities write books and they and their their teams send them out to other celebrities or people who have an audience so they might read them and talk about them. And so we so we end up getting quite a few books. And I saw this, you know, his book come in and I was like, oh, this is this is interesting. This is more of like a memoir kind of thing. Um but I didn't immediately like say, okay, I'm gonna start reading this thing. It was uh, my good friends Lance and Lacey, you know, of Beard and Lady who who make all the, the grooming products for Mythical. Oh, really? Who They live a life of uh, adventure and they live a life of embracing new ideas and new challenges and following those things. For instance. Um, With gusto. Dis deciding to revitalize a historic haunted hotel in Arkansas and turn it into uh, a hotel that you can visit. Uh, that's like the latest thing that they've done. They're always doing something like that. I mean, we wouldn't have our grooming products if it wasn't for 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 them hatching that idea. Yeah. And so when they said, "Have you listened to Green Lights yet?" and we we like Jesse and I have a text thread with them that is very much that. Have you have you watched this thing? I told you when we went home for Christmas. Uh, or whenever it was for the summer, they had the they were like you got to watch this and you got to yeah I, they knew I watched the stuff to watch. Bo Burnham's Inside with them like we I waited specifically to watch that with them but anyway so, so a recommendation coming from them I was like all right I'll do it yeah and so did you read it or listen I to listened it? to it because I've kind of moved almost exclusively into audiobooks to my uh not there's a not a small amount of shame that comes with that uh just for me personally because I have this bias towards reading but. I can do anything else while I'm listening, so I just end up listening to all kinds of books, like multiple books a month is uh, like my pace now, right? So, and then you started talking to me about 
aspects of it, like just how his approach to being expressing himself and being creative and going after his muse. Well, in ninety and the 90% principles of it, percent of it, it, it to begin with was, man. You can't believe this thing that happened to Matthew McConaughey. Right, right. Just and, great and, stories. And you can't believe the way that Matthew McConaughey decides to tell you the story. You can, I mean, you, everybody knows Matthew McConaughey at this point. So you can imagine how he's going to tell this story. But so listening to him do it in his very McConaughey way is just, it was a treat. And now I was resisting telling you the story. You know how you, when you get into something, you want to just tell people the stories. And you're like Mr. Spoiler Reverse to the nth degree. So I have to be like, well, there's a story about him going to Australia. And it's like, okay, well, I've been to Australia. You can't, I, you know, you can't give away too much. But then uh, you ended up getting into it. He went as a foreign exchange student. You should say that. But yeah. Um, I didn't listen to it for a number of weeks because I had other stuff. But then I had hit this dry spell and I was like, I need something. And I started listening to it uh, two weeks ago. Or, and and then after I was almost done with it is when they were like, hey, he wants to come on your show. We're like, I think we gotta make this happen because we're, we just, it resonated with us so much. So yeah. as you'll see, we uh, we turned it into us getting what we needed out of it and our own purposes. <laughs> yeah, it's not really an interview uh, as you can, I would advise most most interviewers to not begin interviews by just telling stories about themselves like we did. It was kind of like what Chris Farley used to do on SNL when he was. Remember that time <laughs> when you, no we didn't do that. <laughs> no, but uh, I had a feeling not knowing Matthew personally but knowing of him and in, in listening to the book and I had a feeling that he would just get right into the, he's, he's yeah. a let's let's have a campfire conversation kind of guy. Uh, and so he just, he, he stepped right in here and uh, it would have been nice to have him actually at the at the table, but you know what? He's still it, on video chat. It so is what it is. The video version is there. All right, let's get to it. It's great to meet you. We don't typically have guests on our podcast, but we both, uh, read and listened to Green Lights, and we love good stories. And you got some good stories, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, so I we mean, yeah, it. it's been it's been many moons since we have had a conversation outside of just the two of us talking because we figured out we've got quite a bit that we can just talk about to each other about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we both connected with your book, and I mean, you know, lots of people have connected with your book, and in, in in a big way. But something about your stage of life, uh, your story, kind of your your you know coming from small town south. There's just a, there was a lot that we could relate to, uh, and, and there's you, a lot that's on our minds that I think selfishly, you know, when you start talking about legacy in green lights, yeah, I mean that that's like we're having so many conversations about that, and also on this podcast. So I think selfishly, we just want to pick your brain a little bit and kind of unpack some more of that. First, when it comes to these right. stories, uh, and just relating to that, there's a, I, there's a couple of uncanny, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uncanny I, parallels. I love you talking about your mom basically telling you to plagiarize the poem that <laughs> then <laughs> I won, and then you I won. won. I won the whatever the seventh grade poetry contest. Yeah, because I mean, talk about yeah, uh, uh, 
Because if does the poem mean something to you? <laughs> yeah, I understand it. I mean, so you like it? Yeah, I mean, it brings up a feeling in you, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, it says if all that I would want to do would be to sit and talk to you, would you listen? I mean, that's like, yeah, you know, mom. So you understand that? Yeah, then write that. <laughs> well, but it's 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 Ann Ashbury. No, but as I said, you sign your name because you understand it. Uh -huh. It means something to you, <laughs> uh -huh. so it's yours. <laughs> that was her reason. If it means something to you, it's yours. Now, here's my version of it with my mom. We had this uh, poster contest. Countywide. Countywide, Harnett County, anti-drug uh, message. And I told my mom, now my mom worked at the public health department, and there was a pamphlet for everything. And so she would come, I mean, that's how I learned about sex, through a pamphlet. She brought home a pamphlet. She said, well, <laughs> Link, this is, here's an anti-drug one. And look, there's a picture right here. And it says, there are, there are lots of fun things to do instead of drugs. And then it's a guy holding all these other things like badminton thing <laughs> and a, like a, an, yeah. Art, yeah, an yeah. art easel and stuff like that. And so she basically said, draw that. <laughs> And but here's the thing about my mom. She, she I, I don't even think she knew what plagiarism yeah, was. She didn't. There was no. There was no process. There was, where she explained it she to make it okay. A, she didn't have a pithy tenet that you can prescribe in your book. You know, for her it was just right, very right, innocent. Right. This is a great idea. Why don't you just do exactly that? Right, and I, right, right. I did it, and I won. I mean, he by a long shot. And you won. I won, baby. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, he go. won the whole county, which I believed it. And I and listen, as his best friend at the time, what grade was that? Uh, fourth, fourth or, or fifth? fifth? I had no idea. I, I didn't tell anybody. I, I thought you had dug. I didn't ask you had questions. dug really deep. Yeah, deeper than ever. <laughs> I still have it. I have a laminated poster of this in my office that the somebody mailed me. It. Yeah, now, and now the other thing that was a, a bit of an uncanny parallel. So, um. My dad is a bit of a larger than life uh, character. At any time throughout my life, even when I felt like I was afraid of nothing, I've always been afraid of him, right? Right, yeah. Um, and <laughs> in, in a good way, the good fear. And, I, and so by the time that we were, you know, seniors in high school, in, in in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, where nobody had uh, nobody that we knew had taken any sort of entertainment path. Our idea of being an entertainer right. was the guy who would come to the middle school dances and do. He was either a DJ or he could be a magician. You know, he, right. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. that was the yeah. guy. Right, I've seen him do both at yeah. once. And um, so, but we had this idea: we want to go to film school. And I had that conversation with my dad. That you had with your dad when, when you when you called when you called him up and said I'm thinking about going to film school and that was pretty yeah. built up for you, you know you you kind of had yeah. to like breathe into that moment right, very much so. I mean, it was a moment where I wasn't sleeping well with the idea of going to film to law school, so that was keeping me up at night. It was then it was weeks of sharing stories and stuff I'd written with my buddy Rob Bindler, who was at NYU, who was the only film guy I knew at all. And plus he was at Longview, Texas. And you didn't watch many films there either. So I'm sending him stuff in New York. He's writing back going, man, this is pretty good. This is good. And I knew he'd give me an honest opinion. And then I get the confidence. Then I find the book, Greatest Salesman in the World, the Ogmandino book. And you know, sometimes a piece of art or a book will find you or a person will share something with you. And you're like, 
they were reading my mail. Mm, this yeah. is direct line. This was written for me right now. I have no question about it. When we have that clarity, whether it's true or not, it is true, right? So yeah. that book found me, gave me the courage to say, that's what I'm doing. And then I had to plan out when the best time to call dad was since he was paying tuition. So I said, like I said in the book, I picked out Tuesday night, seven o'clock. He's home from work. He's yeah. already eating dinner. He's having a beer with mom on the couch. Best time to get him. Yeah. Not Monday. Tuesday, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And uh -huh. called him 7.36 and laid it on him, and um, he gave me that great response, you know. Okay, more more than yes. He's don't half-ass it, you know. But go on about your story about, so well, you're coming out of North Carolina. Well, the thing is, is that I must have not, I did not plan as well as you did, because when I told my dad, Dad, uh, I'm thinking about going, uh, you know, Lincoln and I are thinking about going to film school. <laughs> right. right. I mean, we had built it up. It had been years since we had done the blood oath and said, we're gonna create something together. And like, we had really colluded and we had each other right. and we like, you know, worked up each other's well, courage. Well, we had this plan. At one point it was, okay, uh, we're, I'm, we're gonna go to UNC Asheville. I'm gonna play basketball, but they have a film program and you're gonna be like- there, And we if had they need someone to plan. keep score, I've done that. that. That didn't really come to fruition, but then it was just like, okay, are you gonna do what everybody else is doing and kind of just go into the state school or whatever? And I said, Dad, I, I, I want to go to film school. He didn't say don't half-ass it. He said, well, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> but, the, but the funny yeah. thing is, is so, and we put that in, in, in our, our book, uh, the book of mythicality we wrote a few years ago. By the way, Matt Inman, uh, also our editor, incredible guy. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Matthew? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Matthew E? Yeah. 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 Oh, Inman, Inman. No, yeah, Inman. No, yes, Inman. Yeah, Inman, yeah. Inman's great. Yeah, ah, And what great hair. Wait, I, I cannot keep, quit complimenting on his hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, well, he's right. got and the we, greatest hair. And we actually, like, we experienced the transition of his hair. That's true. Because in book one, he- I like it to think was, we inspired it. It was, it was close cropped, but book two, he, it, you know, it was a, new, a whole new thing. Um, so, but in my, because I, I put that in the book, and my dad said, you know, that's not what I said. That's you remember that incorrectly. He was right. like, I, I made for a better story. He, he he said, "Well, I must have said something that that was what you felt." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. was the result. Hey, he, he and my mom may know each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I could yeah. see into it that he did not. He was not very supportive of that idea. You know, I mean, so we went to engineering school, and the rest is history, and yeah. it kind of worked itself out. We took a more a circuitous so both, path. Y'all both could. You both went together. Yeah. yeah off the same school, engineering school, and you end back up here sitting next to each other having your platform, a form of entertainment, yep. film, storytelling here in front of the mic. Yeah, so it ended yeah. up, you know, we who, found who knows a way. what would've happened. We found we a it. way, it was, it's, it was quite a circuitous path, but I think it, it turned out to be the the most strategic way for us to get to where right. we wanted to get. We just didn't know that, so I hear you. he, he did right? us a favor. Yeah, you look. it's all science looking back, some yeah. history going forward, but you can connect all the dots. Whatever your dad said or didn't say, whatever you felt was that ain't happening. So derail, and I'm going my own way, and you end up right back, and you go, damn, what if he would have said, yeah, I go to film school? Probably yeah, wouldn't yeah. have worked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly, I mean? yeah. Well, one of the uh, one of the things that uh, we really connected with, and, and something that's kind of been on our minds, uh, relates to your sort of your very intentional decision that you made to say, I'm not gonna work on another rom-com, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. talk a little, just for, for anybody who ha ha isn't familiar with that decision, kind of give some context for that yeah. decision. And then so, as, as it relates to your, your legacy is kind of where we wanna take it. Sure, sure. Um, I think it's around 2000, 
10-ish or so, maybe a little earlier, but I, I'm, I'm rolling in rom-coms. I've just done, had like four in a row that have all done well. Their rom-coms are middle budget studio pictures, meaning at that time is around $35 million budgets. It's above the line cost because you don't have a huge production value. It's not, you're not like making a Chris Nolan film where you're spending all this money on production. And it's about how the two, you know, and you most rom-coms, how the guy and the girl get along. It's what the chemistry of them them is. And we know they're going to meet the, meet the beginning, break up for some reason in the middle, and then he'll chase her at the end and catch her on a bridge or a moped or something, and the credits will roll. We'll be happy we got there. Then the fairy tale is good. We've seen it all. We know how it's going to end, but we just want to see it again because who are the who are the leads usually in it? Do we, do we want to follow them in this love story? Yeah. So I've done four of these. They're, I'm the rom-com guy in Hollywood, man. I took the baton from Hugh Grant. And I'm running with it. That's my lane. I'm, I've got ownership of that mm-hmm. lane. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the go-to guy. I like doing them. They're fun. I call them Saturday afternoon characters. They're like a flip-flop character. You don't take rom-com. You don't get in there and, and hang your hat on humanity. No, it's you're supposed to bounce from cloud to cloud and keep them light. And I believe I did a decent job of that. Anyway, with their success, they became so successful that the dramas I did want to do uh, where I did want to hang my hat on humanity and see if I could really flex my active muscles. The studio system saying, no way, McConaughey. No, thank you. And I say, wait, I'll take a, a 50% pay cut. No, thank you. 100% pay cut. No, look, man, I'll do it for scale. No, we don't want you. You stay. You're the rom-com guy. Stay over there. Hmm. Oh, damn it. Well, that coincides with the fact that I've now met the woman who later became my wife, but I knew I was fell in love with her very quickly, Camilla. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, we, we, we had a first child. She had the child. We made the child, right? So I have the first child coming to town. If you know from the book, my life's dream was to be a dad, man. So I'm like, all of a sudden, my life is full and vital. I, my, I, I get madder. I get sadder. I laugh louder. I have more joy. I mean, I got to talk about meaning. I got meaning in my life, right? Gotcha. My my life is now not bouncing cloud to cloud like a Mm rom-com. All right. So I'm going, hey, well, I wish my work could challenge the vitality of my life. Hmm. But it doesn't. Ah, damn it. So if I can't do what I want to do, I'm going to quit doing what I've been doing. So I said no to rom-coms, made the call to my money man, to my agent stuff. And I said, I'm not going to do any more rom-coms. Can you be a keeper at the gate and hold them back from coming my way? Um, she had many a tear with Camilla because th- this drought could be, I, could, I may not work for, I don't know how long I may not ever work again in Hollywood if I stick to this, which when I was going to do it, I knew it was going to stick to it. So, um, six months go by, I'm offered nothing but rom-coms. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. I think a really fun story, just as I'm going on my preacher's box now and you sound like, and I sound so puritanical. I think uh-huh. it's a really nice story to tell you that at, at, at month eight, Without working, there was a rom-com that came in with a $5 million offer, and I read it, and I said no. <laughs> they came back with an $8 million offer. I said no, thank you. They came back with a $12.5 million offer. I said no, thank you. They came back with a $14.5 million offer. I said, let me read that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> How did it sound at that point? It was better. It was funnier. <laughs> it, the thing was more, it was the exact same words as the original <laughs> offer, but it was a better yeah, script. Oh, yeah, it was. So I, I ended it. up saying no. I'd said no to that. And that, I believe in hindsight, was a bit of a turning point. Meaning in Hollywood, that's when I think 
the studios that were had me on a list to offer me movies, that's when they got the message. Oh, McConaughey's not bluffing. Yeah, he's serious about this. <laughs> he just turned it down for fourteen five, and it's a damn good script. But it, he's not doing it. So I say no to that. Then nothing comes in for um another year. Ear biscuits is supported by AC Pro. It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows out hot air. The issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with an AC Pro. And we know where it goes and I do wanna get into that, but like even pausing at this point, I mean it's, I think we relate. I mean, our our situation is different. We're we're in a different world of entertainment, but we have these as but we have these aspirations of being filmmakers. And yeah. then with the advent of YouTube, we, yeah. you know, yeah, that was our opportunity yeah. to to develop our audience. And I mean, we tried a lot of things before landing on our daily show, Good Mythical Morning, which then became this thing that was a huge success, so now 10 years running, five days a week, we've been we've been putting out a couple of videos a day for our show, really connecting with our audience, really, I mean, it's super rewarding. So much of our career has come from the opportunities that that show that we created and continue to evolve afforded us. Right. But, and now we're sitting here 44, 43 years old, um, continuing to to invest and build a team around this show, yeah. Um, also doing this podcast, which is a, is 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 a passion project of ours, which is doing really great too. But there's this itch, especially I feel like at this point in our lives. Um, you know, I've got three kids. Rhett's got two kids. We've got uh, happily married. You know, like we're we we're living the dream. That mm-hmm. we that we we shook with a blood oath in middle school, and no matter what Rhett's dad said or implied, yeah. we found a way <laughs> to make it happen. And now yeah. we're sitting here, and we've got a lot of gas in the tank. Yeah, you've built currency. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you know I don't want to build it up as a as a turning point, or but I do. Maybe it is. I you know yeah. these are the things that we're wrestling with. Well, we start yeah. asking the question in terms it, of legacy. Is, is GMM our rom com, right? Because it's it's the thing that it it works. It, there's yeah. great, there's great money in it. It's the thing right. we're known for. Uh, it's it's just a and you you talk a little bit about the the fear. You know, sort of you can make fear motivated decisions, but you kind of had yeah. to you had to push well, that. You fear said it down. earlier. You said good fear. The way you feared your dad, you had a good fear. I mean. Yeah, man. Well, one, congratulations. You guys are mid-40s. I'm 51. I mean, what do we call this? Uh, <laughs> it termed midlife crisis. Well, whatever. Yeah. At, yeah, least yeah, yeah. We got the, at least we got the football to, to lean into some resistance. Yeah. Okay. And at least we got some football to question a blind spot, to question, oh, my movement, can I move? I'm successful. And uh, what I'm doing, is it significant? There's a difference. Uh, hey, also. We don't want to boo-hoo our rom-coms. Right. You know what I mean? 
Definitely. Like I trust me, I, I remember I I was when I when I was trying to make that choice and I was still doing the rom coms. I remember talking to my great mentor Penny Allen. I was like, I just she was like, what is bugging you about? I go, I just feel like I'm, I'm like I'm like I feel like I'm just an entertainer. She goes, who the hell do you think you are sloughing off being an entertainer? What do you got against being just an entertainer? I was like, thank you. Put me in my place. You know, so we have to give the credence, I think, to what we've done and not try to make a straight line crooked. At the same time, yeah. we want to lean into, well, wait a minute, man. Is there is there more here? Hmm. Can it, And can it still be fun? Can we still have a joy? Because it doesn't have to. I know what I have to watch is when things are going, I love to work hard. I, it's If my work's constructive and I feel it working. I, I don't mind. If I can break a sweat every day, that's fun to me. Mm-hmm. I don't like to work hard and then be frustrated and go, I don't know where it went. But I, I have to watch that if it's not hard, I don't think it's worthy. Huh. And sometimes my easiest stuff, you know, when you sit there and you tell a joke and you malaprop the damn thing and people laugh at the malaprop more than they did at the real joke. You're like, oh, geez, that was just an accident. That was the hit. Yeah. You know, we go we go out, you know, and we we go. I write the book. I got things in the book. that I'm like, this is going to be the home run, man. This time. Some of the stuff that people never talk about that. It's this other stuff. And I'm like, going, oh, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I, I look for it sometimes to be harder than it should not to balance that. So how do you lean into the blind spots, but also not just, like I said, don't not trying to make a straight line crooked, not trying to go, well, it's not hard enough. This is worked out. Do we have, we have to check in with ourselves. We come from small towns in the South. I dealt with that. My success early, like, geez, why me? I deserve this. Hmm. You know what I mean? I, 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 I am I breaking a sweat enough? You know what I mean? It's so, I I mean, congratulations on the questions, guys. Yeah, and I think- I'm, I'm, I'm in them too in my life. Mm-hmm. I, well, thanks for the congratulations. We appreciate that. And I mean, we do, we are extremely grateful for what we've got. And the show is our friendship on display. And we can we can sit down and behind our desk and we can just kind of be ourselves and people are drawn to it. And we've got great relationships with our fans because of it. And it allows us- to launch other things that we want to do to a certain yeah. level. But then you think about the stories that we want to tell and the the filmmakers that that we want to become and right. there's a bit of a chip on our shoulder. You know, you got gratitude on one and then I think there's a chip on the sure. other one yeah. that's like, okay, you guys came up from YouTube and maybe there's a little bit of parallel to sending the when you sent the business sent the message to the business that you weren't even gonna take the $14.5 million offer and that really did it. It's like, we're trying to find a way to say, not to our fans because they know, but to the gatekeepers to say, right. hey, we've, we're writing this thing and this thing and we want, we gotta get it into the right person's hands or we gotta, we still have things we wanna say and assert ourselves and it's, it's different than what we're known for and what we're successful for. Right. And it's, so there's this, you know, there's, it's, it's a bit frustrating. It's What's also the frustrating part. Cause you're not sure. You're not sure. It. Yeah. Go Is ahead. That, I mean, because you've already got the fact you're sitting here, we have microphones in front of us. I'm on your show. You've yeah. got a, you, you can be heard. Right. Even if you want to talk to, even if you're talking to those people out there that may be able to say, yes, let me see what you got. Your script. I want to maybe finance that. You've got, you've got, you're, you already got a huge leg up. So you're in. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I, 
two two things came to mind when you were when you were talking there is and this comes when we're not sure and being not sure is obviously very healthy and true for us to 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 be maybe sometimes more but when it's time to take action you can't i know you you, y'all know you can't be waiting for permission oh yeah 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 you know you're gonna say a a version of effort (laughs) this is what we're doing (laughs) by hook or by cook and we're not asking permission and then it's going to be i mean probably that i love there, there's a line that that i heard somewhere a lot my li- line in life that i bring up in the book that sometimes it's not about which decision you make it's just about making damn one and jumping and doing it mm-hmm. and you find out yeah like shit you or get off I mean? the pot kind of thing i mean go find, find, find out yeah, you know right. what i mean we, we we it's our relationship for me i know a lot of times it's my relationship with time we you know you, you get a decision like this you start thinking i'm oh, man I, I don't know if i am i wasting time do I have enough time? Yeah. And all of a sudden you look up and you're 50 and you're going, well, and you're 55, then you're 60. You're just sitting like, yeah. Why what? would it, when, I, when we were 46, why did we just go, okay, let's see. And plus, and then you, what do we find out? Oh, time is actually on our side. But if, with, if we head into it without complacency, you know what I mean? I mean, what's, it's just, a, it's another version of your stories. You may, maybe, I don't know, not that you're asking my advice on this, but you've got to show. Are you pitching some of these stories? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the way we're playing it right now is, you know, all, really all along the, the the way over the past ten years since we since we've been in in LA, uh, we've been the business has been built around what we've been doing on online, and that's where we built our team and our studio, and that's all working really well. In the meantime, we've been like, you know, we've been writing pilots, we've been writing features. We we, we are we're, we're doing that, and we are getting in the rooms, and you know, it's a, it's a completely different process. Uh, over here on the internet, it's like idea, put together the team, execute it, see what they think about it, see what the audience thinks about it. There's no gatekeeper. When we get into right. the traditional Hollywood thing, we kind of deal with the the gatekeepers of it all. I, right. So I think we're kind of in a let's have our cake and eat it too. Sure. But when we like we both connected with that story when you were basically like, well, I'm gonna and the dynamics are different, of course. But you were like, I'm gonna just turn the faucet off. Right. And they're going to be right. like, the only way you get this back on is if I'm doing what I want to do specifically, right? right? And so right. Th- that's kind of the thing that's sort of ruminating right now is yeah. like, what, what, you know, what does that, what does that mean for us? Because it's, right. it's not like, hey, we're we're going to stop doing the show. That's the only way for us to move to the next thing. Right. It isn't as clean yeah. as that for us. But it, but I think that the question, you know, bringing it back to the idea of legacy and what you're known for. Yeah. I think that's a part of it for us is just like, okay, if I'm walking down the street, if somebody recognizes me, it's gonna be like nine times out of 10, it's gonna be from Good Mythical Morning and it's gonna be like, oh, the episode where you guys ate the, uh, you know, the pig testicles <laughs> or whatever, yeah. you know? And it's just like, okay, that's awesome. I'm glad that meant something to you. D- do I want the thing that nine out of 10 people will remember me for is eating pig testicles right. on the internet? Or do I wanna right. be like, hey, here's the, thi- here's the thing that I wanna, here's the story that I wanna tell. So what part of right. that for you was like, okay, I mean, Heard. you know. Well, look, I, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I hear you. Look, you know, our favorite bands still play their hits the concert. Yeah. <laughs> you got a pretty good hunch coming up in the encore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? With good reason. Yeah. I understand also, I'm, I'm still introduced to the first three words I ever said on film in 1992 <laughs> in Days Confused. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, right. Now, 
were there times in my life where I'm like, really, again? Yeah. I look back and I go, geez, I'm glad you didn't get, get too upset about that because you'd have been dorking out, McConaughey. Are you kidding me? And I switched over to going, you're damn right, I'm, I'm the author of that. And yeah. let me unpack what yeah. that means to me. And it was the beginning of my career and it's three affirmations. And you're right. Put a smile on my face too. Hey, I'll ride. The, I, what, do you, what do you mean am I tired of it? Mm-hmm. I wrote it. Right. <laughs> it's my, you know what I mean? I uh, love that. So, so, so grabbing hold of the greatest hit and going, you damn right. And I understand why it, 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 became, it became a greatest hit. Now, does the success of what we're understood to do and our brand is, can it be so successful that it holds thing other other avenues down for how it can be heard and seen? Yeah. Yeah. I remember this. Eric Church. I think he's North Carolina, isn't he? Uh, I, is he? I'm I not, think, I'm not I think he might sure. be, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he he came and played uh, um, uh, our, one of our, our annual um, fundraiser, MJ and M event, me, Mac Brown, who's coach at North Carolina, and Jack mm-hmm. Ingram. He came and played. And he wouldn't play any of his hits. He wasn't? On purpose. Mm. On purpose. I believe, I didn't talk to him long about it, but I believe it was about, no, he's in constant creation. Fast forward, before you get hooked into that, if I, I think, I believe his thought was, oh, if you're, if I'm, if I keep giving you that, you're anticipating that at the end of the end of the night and you're not going to be listening to my, I, he was playing this new stuff, stuff that wasn't even hurt. People didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, I was right. like, That's bold. ballsy man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Ear Biscuits is supported by Superfeet. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Well, guess what? Your feet don't have to hurt. When you add the signature orthotic shape of Superfeet insoles to your shoes, you give your feet comfort and support where they need it most, helping redistribute forces to reduce stress and strain on your entire body, not just your feet. Superfeet insoles are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. Since 1977, Superfeet has helped millions of people worldwide experience the life-changing magic of comfy, pain-free feet. Superfeet insoles upgrade the fit, feel, and function of your footwear to help you feel your best. The signature orthotic shape of Superfeet gives your feet the right type of support where you need it most. Physicians not only recommend Superfeet to their patients, they wear Superfeet insoles in their own shoes. Superfeet is the number one doctor worn and recommended insole. Superfeet has thousands of five-star reviews and is the insole of choice for top athletes on the field, on the ice, and on the slopes, and everywhere in between. Superfeet has a wide range of insoles for every activity, every shoe, and every foot. From cushioned and flexible to firm and supportive, you can dial in your fit by taking their quick online quiz. We took the quiz, we've got our, mm-hmm. our insoles coming, they're on their way. You just answer a few short questions and Superfeet will recommend the best insole choice for you. Visit superfeet.com and enter the promo code EAR at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. But there's another way to look at it. Um, I mean, how do you, you don't, again, you don't want to boo-hoo 
the rom-com. You, you don't want to boo-hoo the all right, all right, all right. You don't want to boo-hoo the success of the show. Don't shoot your, That's what I mean by don't make a straight line crooked. Right. I like own, own that shit. Damn right. You know what I mean? But I hear you. Do you feel like you're being held down? I'm, I can't get this other thing out that I think is as good or better because it, it can only be seen through the lens of what I succeeded with before. Yeah. Uh, I hear you. You know what? Again, I'm going to go back to that. Don't ask permission. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> you like don't that. Ask permission go forward. And you also, we have to watch this with legacy thoughts though, man. If we are, if we are solely based off of projecting how we want to be seen, yeah. we're not being subjective and selfish enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we can be, we can be overly objective. The idea of legacy to, 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 you know, to, project into our end, go to our deathbed, look back and ask ourselves, what's our eulogy going to be? What are we going to remember for? I think oh, it's yeah. an extremely great thing to do for ourselves, but we can't live by it. Or if we live by it, we're, 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 we're going to miss out. We're going to look up if we live to be a hundred and go, what'd you do the last 50? You were trying to just get here, living off of what you, what you thought the, the, the rolling credits were going to be. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's, yeah. that's my, that's, you know, uh, I don't know if you know much about the, Enneagram personality stuff, but I'm a, I'm Enneagram three, which is an achiever performer, you know, and one of the things that you do is you over identify with what you projected out into the world. So whatever it is that you begin seeing people respond to. Yeah. So if that was, oh, well, let's, I'm going to be good at basketball. Okay. That, well, that's all right. That's the thing. I'm going to be the basketball guy. So yeah. oh, no, I'm gonna be the guy, the the guy who plays music. I'm no, I'm gonna be the guy who makes YouTube videos. Whatever the the the, the arena was, you, you, yeah. and and so yeah, that's been that's what my therapy has been about over the past few years is sure. learning to find well, what's the uh, what does Rhett actually want? And I and I do think I've gotten to a place where it's less about um, how do you want to be perceived and more what how do you want to live your life i mean that's the, the one of the things i really admire about your philosophy of life is it's it's about a a, a life well lived it's about living life to the fullest right um Heard. and and i think that this kind of this gets into another thing that i think that as a as a good southern boy you can also relate to and that is the idea of pairing a desire for legacy with humility uh right. you know you talk about uh, how to your family you're just Matthew, right? They they immediately ground you. The same exact thing happens. Even, even my mom will just approach people randomly in Walmart and say, "Do you know Rhett and Link?" Well, Rhett's my son. She will do that. But when I'm with yeah. her, I'm just I'm just Rhett. And right. uh, there in the South, there's this ethos of the moment that you're too big for your britches, everybody's going to let you know, right? So how yeah. how have you kind of paired that? The idea of legacy or being an entertainer in general is like you got something to say. Writing a book like Greenlights, you got something to say that you think is is worth people's time. How do you balance that with the concept of humility? Well, it's a great question because I don't know about y'all, but the, the, the idea in the church that I was raised in, humility, to be humble, to bow down, to make yourself at least number two. I, 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 I could understand it and get great worth out of it when I was bending my knee to my God. But when it came to society, mortal men, women, I found that 
I didn't know how to be humble without losing confidence. And I found that when I would be humble, it was almost a, I didn't know how to be humble. You know, those people that are falsely modest and you're like, you condescending son of a bitch, cut that out. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Cut that out. That's BS. You're BS and not only me, but yourself. Uh Uh-uh. You know what I mean? It's like, no, it's that Renee Sherman story. I tell, Hey, she told me, Hey, you know what? You're, you're cute. You're really a cute young man. When I was in ninth grade, I was like, Oh, <laughs> she was like, Hey, reached out and grabbed my hand. She was a very good friend of mine. Grabbed my hand. I said, what? She goes, someone gives you a compliment. It's true. Just look them in the eye and say, thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Heard. Now I came across, um, a definition, and this, I find this very true for me in my, in my life all the time. So a lot of times it's about what Webster's Dictionary are we working off of? Hmm. The, the, the definition of humility. Because I've questioned, well, you want me to be humble? Everyone says be humble, but no one likes to be humiliated. <laughs> That's you know true. what I mean? Uh, right? But yeah. yet humiliation is, a, is an extension of being humble. But no, you ask him, you want to be humiliated? Everyone's like, no, but you don't want to be humble? Yes, please. Right. So when I heard this definition of humility as being knowing you have more to learn, I was like, oh, that's the way, that's the one I'm talking about. I can I can go forward and bow and have reverence and say please and, and say thank you and respect, but I, I don't lose confidence. My my shoulders didn't. My shoulders can still be back. My head can still be high. My heart can be high if I, because I could admit that. Yes, I've got more to learn. Hundred percent. I I purchase. I'm in. Forever. Different definition, and it meant it clicked for me, um, which allowed me to be, allows me to be humble, but still not lose my confidence. Okay. Because we know, man, confidence is a huge thing, and I'm a believer in our our our, our the necessity of our ego. We try to pound that down. If you don't have an ego, if you don't have judgment, you got no identity. You got to have it. We got to have a healthy ego. We are everything experience of our life, no matter how Zen or, 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 or selfless we are, it comes through us. It's the only feeling we can own. Mm-hmm. And it's ours and it's original. And we need to put the, when that needs to be in capital letters or in bold print to ourselves, which I think it's a very, true thing to face that and look in the mirror and go, that's exactly what that is. I know, you know, I, I I have an opinion there. I know why I succeeded. I know why I had my hand in getting what I wanted there. I know why I had a hand in failing to get what I wanted. Whether it's what you get, whether it's winning or losing. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you're you're talking about the, it's really a a form of realism, right? And just being like, believing the truth about yourself, right? If, if, If that is, well, I am good at this thing. Right. That's true. Uh, I need to work on this. That's also true. So, like more, more of a self awareness, uh, where you can kind of get find yourself. Because I mean, we we've all got the imposter syndrome constantly. And you show up in a new place, a new room, a new project, whatever. You get that um, that imposter syndrome. But then at the same time, I usually have two equally you know, equal thoughts in my brain. One is I shouldn't be here and damn it, I should be here, <laughs> you, right. you know? Uh, right. And it's, it, and it's sometimes I can be a little bit, yeah, the false humility stuff can be uh, problematic, but the moment that, yeah. that you start to think that, okay, I've got something to say that is better or 
my story's better than your story kind of thing and 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 it becomes this thing where I am belittling or taking advantage of others in order to get my thing across. Yep. That's yeah. when it falls apart. But I so cuz I think yeah, I was dude. trying to figure out like when you talked about making the selfish choice, I think this helps contextualize that cuz cuz you did refer to making the selfish choice. But I think there's caveats to it, right? Sure. And and it, look, selfish is another word that yeah. uh, my pastor says I'm pushing a big rock up a steep hill trying to <laughs> trying to redefine this one. All right. All right. <laughs> but let's, it's another word it. that I'm a I'm a well, as you just said, it, when if it's belittling others, I don't think it's true selfishness in the infinite game. In the long if we're really playing the long game, if we're really trying to create green lights in our life, live a full life, a quality life. There are sacrifices we make today to get a larger reward tomorrow. And someone would say, well, wait, that's sacrificing that what you want today right now. That's 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 very unselfish of you. I say, no, that's it. That's very selfish of me because I'm going to go without this dime today to get my dollar next week. Mm-hmm. So if I have any time understanding delayed gratification and quality of life and I'm considering, hey, you damn right, I want to fill my bank account. If I consider also, I want to fill my soul. Can I fill my soul's account along as well <laughs> in the way I fill my bank account? I would say that's being more selfish because what's more selfish to get to the end of your life and go, I just filled my bank account, but my soul's account was barren, screwed people over, burned bridges, did what I wanted all the way down the road. And now I'm here, a lonely SOB. I got no family. I burnt, I got broke things out there. Gosh, I would say that's less selfish. Yeah, right. Because what got, what got the bigger ROI? Mm-hmm. So, it's not in belittling others. It's it's it, it's it's because it, I'm with you. If it starts to be at the expense of helping someone else out, if that be, if that be, which is the historical sort of definition of selfish, mm-hmm. um, yeah. doing things for one uh, one's own without uh, uh, relation or, or 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 empathy for any anyone else, it could be a certain definition. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm actually trying to say that the, the, the more selfless you are, the more selfish you are being. Right. Any religion says that. I would also say the more selfish you are being, the more selfless you may actually be being as well. I mean, even that the, not the end goal, even the end goal of uh, every major world religion is is that ultimate personal connection with the Creator or eternity in paradise. I mean, that's kind of a selfish proposition. Do you, it's, <laughs> to it's, get... com- it's the it's the most selfish proposition. <laughs> yeah, even yeah. if you're saying, "Well, you're telling me I can live a certain way, and you know, let's get to heaven." <laughs> right. If you're living now, that's just, that's the ultimate selfish ambition. Whether you're, you know, if, if for for a believer who prescribes to that, I mean, I think it's we have to be in that version. I would say we have to be more selfish. But now, mind you, I'm redefining. I'm, yeah. I'm redefining I, what that means. The long game, the long term of selfishness. If, you, if you're prioritizing yourself and your own health, uh, you know, you're everyone around you is going to benefit. I think is ultimately bingo. And if I, you're trusting yourself, that's how you trust other people. Respecting yourself, that's how you're going to respect other people more. And again, these are just things that we make a contradiction, yeah. which I don't believe are. I believe a much more paradox. Mm-hmm. And I think it it comes to light specifically, I mean, when you were talking about that juncture, the non-rom-com anymore juncture, and it wasn't just you making a decision. You said there were there were a lot of tears and conversations oh. with Camilla and you know you were you were starting a family together and it was a palpable risk 
So, oh, and, yeah. and so it wasn't just something that you're like, I, I want to do what I want to do. It, I mean, so you were, you were taking into account your, your family and, and, and they I had to be on board. Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. My wife understood, she saw my pain and angst and unrest at wanting to uh, do roles and have work that challenged the vitality of my life. She, so as soon, soon as she heard that coming from in here, I mean, she was on board with me. So then she started, we sat there and she goes, she's the one point. This is going to be hard. You don't know how long it's going to be. You're going to be dry. How long you're not going to work. Yeah. She also knows well enough to go at that time going, you not working. Who? I mm-hmm. know how much significance you get from work. How much significance you get, Matthew, from accomplishing things. How, how much you like to prepare, then finish, then, ah, oh, okay, I did that. I do. I do. I still do. And she was like, ooh, boy, every day, you're saying every day could be a Saturday <laughs> Without the structure of work, the two jobs a year, three jobs a year that you take that go for four months or so. So that could be appealing, I mean, but that could be scary. Scary is all yeah, get out. Yeah, Trust yeah, me, yeah. I've said it before, you know. The the days are long all of a sudden. (laughs) I mean, I can only tend the damn garden and take, you know, be a good dad to my son for so long. All of a sudden, about three, three o'clock, I'm getting antsy going, I got nothing I'm building here. No calls are coming in. Hmm. Start to look up over there and go, hey, look at that bottle. Hey, might be time. Well, no, it's a little bit early on that. Okay. (laughs) You know, you you get, you get restless and to hold a bearing there. um, Hmm. Luckily I had. Her and I had a young son that anytime my mind got off and I was off in my this monastic sort of sabbatical I was on, I would look to my newborn or look to my relationship or, or say, tell, convince myself, trust, time, trust, the longer you endure this, very much like the Australian year. Yeah. I clicked into it. I believe that if you endure this, there's a greater reward at the end, Matthew. Trust it. Time's on your side. <laughs> Get in the bathtub and read it. some Lord trust. Byron. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil that whole thing because that I want people story, to experience man. it in the oh, book. Gosh. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you got a lot out of it, n- the least of which is not a kick-ass punchline. I mean, with the reveal of it. <laughs> but I mean, in contrast to Rhett, I think when you talk when you talk about like counting the cost and the risk and looking into the unknown when you're when you're at a a turning point in your career, I think that. That's when it. That's the part that resonates with me because we have yeah. so much. Like, you know, yesterday. Oh, and I think this. You know, it may have been one of your poems in your book, or it may have just been something you said. So, you know, it it gets blurry in the audio book if you're in a poem or not, which I I actually yeah. liked. I'm like, maybe the whole thing's a poem. <laughs> <laughs> in a but sense, the, yeah. but the one when you were you were talking about making love to your wife 
earlier in the day and then having yeah. drinks and it's like everything after that was like the dancing was better the drinking was better the yeah. all the other things that you did with the rest of your day the spices and the food were better everything the conversation at 3 a.m across the table was, it was yeah. all better yeah, yeah. It, it does set a nice stage to have a good session to begin it yes and you know what yesterday that happened to me. Me and Christy, we we sorted our mail. Oh, you had morning. Made, you made did a little morning mo- sex made yesterday. Made a little love. I yesterday. had morning sex yesterday because she was leaving to go to North Carolina. And you know what? <laughs> I was like this, and then I and then I was like, I'm taking my my son. He's he's got to have more driving under his belt to get before he can get his license. We're driving around Los Angeles. We're driving over the Hollywood Hills. I'm like, son, you are driving on Sunset, the Sunset Strip right now. And then we come back around, we're going up, and it's like, let's go up to Griffith, Griffith Observatory. And then I get back home, and I'm hanging out with the family, and I, I, I went for a mountain bike ride. I came home, I said, I'm gonna get in the bathtub. I got in the bathtub, and I looked out the window, and I saw the sun reflecting off the mountains, and I'm like, nice. this, I feel so secure in this nest. This is beautiful. This is a beautiful thing. And a lot of it had to do with starting off with a little love making. <laughs> it, it, can, it can open up the aperture. But it, <laughs> it can also trap someone like me into a sense of security. I, I, I don't wanna just put it out there as a wrong choice because it, it could be a right choice for somebody. I don't know if it is for me, but I do know I have this tendency to overvalue security and especially when I've got so much. Like right. that day was, and there was other things. I don't, if I walked you through all of it, I'd be like, damn, you, you had don't. a perfect day. <laughs> or I had my perfect day, okay? So, yeah. but I'm at this point where we're having these conversations and I, you know, I can, I'm fueled off of his being antsy from a creative standpoint. I benefit from that to pull me out of this space where I'm like, the risk is scary. The unknown is scary. I mean, mm-hmm. are there certain things that you have to drop for, to go for what you want? And when it gets to those details and you're having those tearful conversations, I mean, nothing's as scary as I think when we had nothing and we were trying to build something. Right. So that being said, right. I'm still right. at this point where looking into that unknown and saying, okay, what, What's the, what am I willing to give up to go for yeah. what is still in my tank? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. like yeah. that, you had a passing comment of when you were positioning everything, there was a lot of practical steps. Like you shut down a production company, I think you said. Yeah. You shut down a, yeah. um, record a, label. a record label. I'm like, okay, yeah. McConaughey had a record label. Of course he did. <laughs> yeah. but it, and then you shut it down. And it's yeah. like, when you can't, when you feel like you can do so many things, it's hard to know what's, yep. the, what's the right thing to go for. Or, but if you look really Damn deeply, right. I think that answer is in there for us. And it's just a question of, okay, what, what are we willing to shut down yeah. to open up? What, yeah. you know, I hear you. I, do I hear we have you. a buyer's club, a Dallas buyer's club in our right. future? You, right. I mean, how, how much could you see it? How much was yeah. it just oh, foggy? Yeah, it was hazy, but the but but the decision, 
the truth of the decision to say, I'm going to sacrifice not doing any more of the work that I am in. I'm in the, I'm on the, I'm in pole position to do, mm-hmm. which were the rom-coms that, that was clear. And that was clear to me in solitude. That was clear to me at 2 AM alone. That was a clear to clear to me at 3 AM with Camilla in the dark without any other noise. And so the truth of it was clear. Now the execution becomes the hard part. Yeah. And then to trust that, that no matter what I'm taking this now out into the masses and the weather's going to get gnarly, trust that to be true. Trust that to be, believe in that as time goes by and you start to go, ah, maybe I could amend that. <laughs> maybe, yeah, you know what I mean? Hey, let's go. But you know, you, you, how secure are you yesterday? The morning you had with your family, the morning you had with your wife. I, my question is, like any good drug, love, sex, booze, whatever they are, uh, fame, attention. The problem's not really when we got when we're on them. The problem's with why is it when it becomes hard to live our life and be secure when we don't have them. Mm-hmm. The problem's a week later when you hadn't hooked up, when you haven't had that morning. Mm-hmm. Why are you a little bit? Why are you moving a little bit faster? Why are you not? Why are you? Why are you not saying? Why are you not noticing that your son's driving on Sunset Strip because you're thinking, "Do I? I got what I got to do here at eleven today?" You're thinking ahead. You're out of the moment, right? Yeah. So that's a question that is that I think is also worth unpacking. But to get back to, I think what your last and initial question, your last question was. You've built currency. You've earned currency. You look at yourself in the face. You guys are going, we got, we've earned currency here. Damn right. And we know we're responsible for it. First own that. Then go, well, I don't want to be foolish with it, but I also don't want to be beholden to it. Right. So I'm so protective here that I'm going, Hey, we built this. Let's just be so damn happy and so damn impressed with what we've built. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's just fade off and hell, man, maybe we can retire and go play golf. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's not what I want to do. At the same time, you don't want to take your currency to Vegas and just start blindly saying, hit me or, 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 right. or, or I fold without looking at your cards. So first this, I would go to this and I talk about this in the book, what process of elimination before you go to identity, before you affirm about what it is you want to do, you start eliminating what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You were bringing that up. I started eliminating things on my proverbial Monday morning desk, my record company, my develop, my development, things. I was like, you got these little campfires and none of them are just flaming big. You can't, they're not enough flame to really heat the kitchen. Not enough flame for Valhalla. I need to get rid of a few of the campfires so I can add more time Hmm. gasoline, wood to these fires that are most important. Yep. So then you go, what are the most important ones? What are my non-negotiable things? Where, wh- What's going with me as I go forward, no matter what the hell I do? What am I going to tend to? What gardens am I tending to? I'm taking care of going forward in my life that are non-negotiable. Yeah. For me, I go, husbandry and fatherhood, my family. That's a non-negotiable. Whether I go run for governor or I go make a rock album. I, that's non-negotiable. Yeah. So when I look at that and I try to point those out, it helps me go, okay, 
Well, at least we don't have to wonder about that one. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and my, as I'm going forward, let's just put that over here in the bag and say, if, if I'm going wherever I go, this is happening with me. So it's great, great to have things, certain things that are black and white in our life that yeah. are not like, well, I'm not sure that's debatable. No, that's not debatable. Right. Yeah. I'm not debating that. It'll help. It, it seems to help. It doesn't answer the question, but it does at least lead you into going. I find having by having more in front of you and ways to pathways to get what you want that you go, that could work. It, it, it decreases the amount of options. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And you, and it's, and I do think that, um, that is the, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it is the, the easy part is making those identifications, right? I mean, you can, you start thinking about those fires and you think, oh, well, this, this fire is not really for me. This, this fire is somebody said that this would be a good idea, right? And, and, you know, we do 20 different things. And so you start looking around and you're like, this one seems strategic because this person said it was. Then the, the, the hard decision is to, is to, is to just let that fire or to douse it. That, that, that's, yeah. that's, yes. the, that's the hard yeah. part. How much do we want? I love it, man. More, more ideas. Come on. I think I can take it. My biggest asset, my biggest downfall, not my big, one of my biggest downfalls would be that I think I can make anything work. I I can be moved and thinks anything's creative and anything's are. Yes. Yeah. My biggest downfall would be the same thing. My biggest upfall would be the same thing because all of a sudden I'm going to wait a minute. You know, you get too many things. All of a sudden, I got all these campfires here. Yeah, and I'm inviting more campfires onto my desk. I question, like in my life now, going, you don't need new fires. You don't need new ideas. You need to sculpt mm. what you got. Yeah, <laughs> you need to start framing. You need to take that, clean up that wood, and get fewer fires, larger flames. Yeah, but that, that that's good. Yeah, because I can get, I can talk myself into an idea, and then, and by the by the afternoon, be convinced that this is this is the best idea. And this, right. yeah, here's all the reasons that this is going to work. But you went, you know, I, I, we talk about our blood oath a lot. You know, it's, it's fun, but it's, it's so meaningful. You know, when you wrap things up and you talk about your top ten uh, list, and you know, you read it and you didn't have to say that they had been checked off. Right. You know, so it's where, what does that mean for your legacy now? Like how do you how do you look at it? Because that's right. kind of where the book ended, but then well, you're not again, done. As I was saying, no, I'm not done. And some people have said, "Hey, you've accomplished all these ten goals." Well, no, I haven't. There's only one I've accomplished, and that was winning the Oscar for Best Actor. The other nine, my relationship with God, my relationship with, as, as a father, taking being close to my 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 parents. Now, my mother's the only one alive. Those the egotistical utilitarian. Those I'm I'm on the way to succeeding those I'm I'm, but those are, I have to work on those. Those are some of my non-negotiables. If I look yeah. at those, I go, you're going to be doing the, you're in process of trying to achieve these goals too. You're, you leave this earth, hmm. you yeah, know, right. I, is what I, is what I could, what I'm convinced of. So I don't have a new 10 goal sheet. If anything, I need to look back at the original goal sheet and go, how do we better tend these gardens? How do we evolve the tendons? of these gardens, of these goals that you already have and not be satisfied. I still have an entrepreneur spirit of, Hey, but there's new things, world changes. Let's let's, but I, but we also, as we know, I mean, it's Eddie better said you can change by staying the same and sticking to sticking to your modus operandi, right. your original goals and going, no, I, I give that. I'm 
I'm, I'm going to still take care of that. I'm going to maintain that. I'm going to make that help that grow and work on that daily. That changes. You get new ideas, new things come in our lives and we go, oh, we get successful. We get new opportunities. I don't know. You know, there's a great, what would you do with $14 billion? Someone said, take off five zeros and do what you do with $14,000 a million times or whatever the math is, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where to move the decimal, but I do know what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 there's, and, there's, and there's, there's some real truth to that. Um, at the same time, we don't want to be hoarders. Yeah. We got success. We don't want to hoard our currency right. and say, this is good. I, I, I made it because we know it's not, a, it's not a summit we're on. We right. know we didn't get to the top of anything. And I think we also got to understand that there really is no top, no matter what, even if you exceed your dreams that y'all have right now in 20 years, you're not, you're yeah. not going to be there in 20 years going, we did yeah. it. It'd never be you're going to be there in 20 years. If you succeed at everything going, what's next? Yeah. Are we right. Doing here? I hope yeah, so. It, it, yeah. That's just part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear. Uh, especially from you. You know, I, I feel like we've gone through the green lights, workbook and it's not even out yet yeah well yeah because we want to be mindful of your time I and mean, we could talk to you forever um <clears throat> we said this is going to be selfish and i think you know uh mission accomplished yeah. we got we got some nice but tell, t- it, tell us about the, the the workbook which comes out on december 7th i think yeah this it's a uh, the, the journal so journal. as you know my the book is based off of 37 years of journaling um right and put out the book and i noticed that a lot of people didn't uh, didn't really journal didn't write things down but then would talk to me about oh and they did they they it really it really helped them i mean so oh yeah it's a this is it um and what you what you what you uh, i got little prompts in here okay mm-hmm. so there's certain things for like for instance i'll kick you off you know there you go tell a love story about your family all yeah. right i'm gonna nudge the the writer where i was the author of green lights this is so you're the author. This is your, this is your, whoever's got a journal. It's, it's your story. Um, I'll be there to guide you with a couple of, Hey, think about this. Think about that. Um, throughout the book. So I'm kind of there with you, but when you write things down, you're extending the Socratic dialogue. We think we have Socratic, Socratic dialogue all the time. So we mm-hmm. think things, yeah. you know, um, you two can share things. You've got a, the, the bond, et cetera. I have, my wife, who I share things with and other great friends, but man, we can say, don't, let's not forget that the first and foremost and last person that we should be sharing our thoughts with and making yeah. obligations with and contracts with is the, the M and the E, mm-hmm. the Y-O-U. That's what I mean again by being selfish. It's a selfish endeavor to be maybe more selfless, to be a better, more truer yourself to be a, 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 a better person for more people as well. And it starts, I believe, with making a, a contract with ourselves. And you never look back. Exploring ourselves. You never and look that, back. And that's what journaling is Because we've journaled, gotcha. you know, kind of coming up. You never look back and think, man, I wish I hadn't recorded that. I wish I, I, I should have journaled less. You, you always right. think, man, I wish I, <laughs> oh, there was, that, there was that dry spell where I just did like one thing for a year. Like, you know, it, and I do think that having that structure and those ideas to get you started could be super helpful. Yeah, very cool. You all, you know, the other thing I just say is that we we typically journ- journaling has gotten the 
that uh, a bit of a wrong definition in that, oh, you go to it when you're frustrated, confused, and in trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's good for that. Don't forget to go to it when you are rolling, when you yeah. are catching green lights, when you are on time and in line and on your frequency. Dissect your success. Dissect the stuff that works in your relationships, in how you started your day, in how you ended your night, in what worked through the day. Man, because you will go back. I've done it so many times when I've then gotten into a rut, off frequency, lost, frustrated, confused. I've gone back into my journal and gone, what were you doing back in June, man? You had a, had a that month, you were just rolling. Your relationships are great. Your career was great. You, 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 you saw beauty in the world. You were, you, you were just, I was on, on time and I'll go back and I'll see habits that I had yeah. that now that I'm in a rut, I'm going, Oh, you quit doing that. Hmm. Let's go back. And it's helped me recalibrate and go, ah, and shift me back yeah. into my lane again. And if Supportive. you need to install um, a recorder in your car, so you, can just, you can do that too, right? Yes, you can. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. That guy's got a CB to himself. <laughs> yes. It is true. DJ. That's DJ. Yeah. Well, Matthew, man, thanks uh, so much for spending the time. Like I said, we're uh, uh, big fans of you, big fans of the book, and I just think that uh, it totally makes sense that this, you know, the do-it-yourself version is the next thing with the with the journal. So, I, um, yeah, Yeah, I'm write excited. your story. And yeah. you know what? Now, now that um, we've heard from you uh, and had all our questions answered, uh, we're going to go for it, and uh, we're going to we're going to blame you if it doesn't work. Out. <laughs> awesome. Yes, yes, please do. All right, thanks, man. All thanks. right, man. Thank you. Call Bye me. Now. All right. <laughs> all right. We just talked to Matthew McConaughey. We Remember did. that? It just happened. And uh, you know. It was kind of like uh, there's just sometimes. I mean, we haven't been we, like you said, we haven't been talking to anybody besides the two of us. But I kind of just felt like we just kind of hung out with somebody who he's not going to be your new best friend. No, that's what you're thinking. No, well, you know, well, I've got something on the side with him <laughs> that you that you that you may not know about. But no, but I think that the sort of the rhythm that comes from. Uh, and again, I don't want to make it seem like, yeah, we've got the same life experience as Matthew McConaughey. As, as you as you'll get from that book, man, the dude has lived this crazy, crazy life. I've, I've never had a dream about some place and then traveled there twice, more, more than once in my life. Yeah. I haven't done it at all. So, but I do think that just, uh, yeah, that was a very beneficial conversation for for the two of us. Yeah, I think um, there's no magic bullet. You know, it's not like, okay, I'm gonna do this because he said this phrase and everything clicked into place. But I mean, his the way that he presents his the his life of stories in the book is very inspirational. It's like, when in doubt, go for it. Ha- have the experience, embrace the experience versus finding the, finding the excuses to not do it. Uh, of course, that can't be a blanket statement, Across the board, but it's it's inspirational and a great reminder that like going for something and being up for the experience of it harbors so many rewards that you can't expect. And also, chasing who you truly are and your passions is something that really resonates. And I think a lot of people, you know, uh, uh, a lot of our fans may 
think, oh, but you, I, it feels like you guys have lived a life that is, you know, leaning into risk and trying new things. And I, and I know that there is a part of that and some significant points in our career that are kind of characterized by that mentality. But I think that the way that we perceive ourselves and our critical analysis of the way that we operate is that we err on the side of being too practical. Yeah. And we end up being too reasonable. And we make decisions that make too much sense. And I think that there is a, a part of us that is wants to ask the question, well, what would it be like if, fill in the blank with an impractical question or decision? Because the fact is, and it's hard for me to see it and say it, that we are in a position where we could go after things based on the success that that we have and the relationship that we have with uh, Mythical Beasts. So it's, um, yeah, there's there's still a lot to think about there, you know. But we'll, and we'll continue to. We won't keep talking about it forever. But uh, whose wreck is it? Well, I think that whoever's it is. I mean, we know what we're wrecking. I've already wrecked journaling. Now I can say, and if you if you if you want Matthew McConaughey to give you thought starters, well, there's a journal for that that's coming out soon. Greenlights journal. But yeah, listen to Greenlights. I mean, yeah, it's or, or, if you like good <clears throat> stories. And I would say, now we both listen to it and, it and it's an incredible audiobook because I mean, it's Matthew McConaughey, so you know, you know that the way that he's gonna McConaughey it when he delivers it yeah. is gonna be worth your time. I, I will say, uh, we also do have the physical copy of the book and a lot of the things that he talks about, uh, complete with pictures and <clears throat> bumper stickers, et cetera, a lot of that stuff is in there. So I, I think it's, you know, oh, cool. choose, your, choose your, uh, your poison, but both of them, are great, and uh, there's a reason that it's it's reverberated so widely, you know, over the past year or so since it's been out. We are leaving on trips, independent of one another. Uh, me and Christy are going on a trip to Big Sur, and uh, I'm going to Key West. Oh man, never been there. Never been to that little Key, little whatever thing that Florida pooped out at the end of itself. It's like the it's like the dribble of pee from the penis that is Florida. Oh gosh, you should have saved that for your intro. That's what we'll be talking about next week on Ear Biscuits. But um, you know, hashtag Ear Biscuits, let us know what you think about this conversation. You probably have some thoughts about how good is the ego. I don't know exactly if I agree with him on that, but maybe some of it's semantics, but um, get into whatever uh, you want to. Hashtag Ear Biscuits. We'll, we'll be here next time. On the flip side of our trips.